On today's episode, we have the great privilege of walking Billy Oxley through a PwC-style interview. The case, called Bubble Bottles, is a case about a water bottle manufacturer. And to no surprise, the water bottle market is pretty big and also growing. But the question here is whether a PE company should buy this water bottle manufacturer. Billy does a great job of opening the case, demonstrating positivity, keeping structured throughout the case. And despite the fact that the math was really hard, he stuck through it until the end. We hope that you enjoy the learnings from both the case itself and the discussion afterwards. I'm excited today to introduce our guest, Billy Oxley. Billy, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself, about your background, about how you got interested in consulting and case interviews, and finally, why you signed up for the session today? As you said, my name is Billy Oxley. I go to a non-Target university in Los Angeles, and I have some experience in finance and some professional services, uh, professional services background. Uh, but that's not what drives me to consulting. Um, the reason I got interested in consulting was due to a engagement as the senator of the undergraduate business school at my undergrad school and dealing with a lot of uh, different stakeholders um, while pushing an initiative uh, for social justice. I learned that solving problems and dealing with a lot of different, um, a lot of different parties was something that I was very interested in and want to get better at to create more change. Uh, so a little mission driven there. And then also the reason I signed up is because of course, like a lot of people in here, I like to uh, listen to your podcast and they help me with my case interview prep. And I figured there's not a lot of times you'll be able to hop on a podcast like this and go through one of these interviews and it will make me, uh, you know, less nervous for my uh, real case interviews. So I appreciate you for having me on. Fantastic. We're so glad to have you. How do you feel today? Ready to go? Nervous? What What are you feeling before we dive into the session? Yeah, a little sweatier than usual, but, you know, my Lakers won a championship last night, so, you know, I'm, I'm feeling great. Nothing could go wrong. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Billy, we're excited to have you. Today's case, we're going to do PwC style. So I understand that you have a pretty wide range of firms that you are approaching. Uh, PwC has a very similar style of casing to Deloitte and to BCG. And so I'm going to leave you in the driver's seat to really make sure that you have a lot of the insights. It, it's up to you to gather the data that you want. It's up to you to decide what the pathway is that you want to use to solve the case. And I'm here to guide you, but we really are focused on making sure that you are driving the case forward today. So if you're ready to get started, I'm ready to get started too. Here we go. The first thing that we are um, going to do, I'll just introduce the name of the case. It's called Bubble Bottles. All right. And I'll give you some of the background about our client. In addition, I'm starting the timer on my phone and I'm going to be timing each section of the case as you go through it today. So Bubble Bottles, our client, designs and distributes plastic bottles for the water bottle market. The client is based in northern Mexico and has both LATAM and U.S. and Canadian clients. The client does not label the bottles. It only produces the bottles themselves. 
Its customers are small, medium, and large companies that produce everything from consumer-sized water bottles, high-end, think of Fiji, to large-scale, five-gallon water bottles that go in offices for fresh drinking water or are stored and distributed in emergencies such as hurricanes. It is the second largest manufacturer in the industry. Our client, Rockwell, a mid-market private equity firm, is thinking about acquiring this company. So they're looking to sell the company in under four years and need to develop a plan to improve its operations and market positioning to get a good value at the exit. Do you have any questions about the background? Seems pretty interesting. I like these kind of cases. Uh, do you mind if I just recap the main points of the prompt? Nope, let's go for it. Our client is a plastic bottle manufacturer anything from you know a small Fiji bottle to a large gallon type bottle. And they're the second largest manufacturer in their market, which includes Latin America and uh, North America. And they're, uh, they're currently impending in, in investment by a PE firm or they're owned by a PE firm? No, pending investment. Pending investment, uh, who's looking to sell the company in four years and wants to improve uh, their current standing in the market um, so that they can sell it for the highest price, I'm assuming. That's, That's right. Okay, yep. great. And is there a specific return on the investment that the private equity firm is looking for? Yes, 1 million percent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they, <laughs> they don't. Uh, they don't have a specific target. I mean, they do have uh, targets and hurdles. But our job is just to try to figure out whether this is going to be a, a decent return at all um, versus a specific target of a return percentage. Okay, so I just want to make sure that you got everything. So um, you asked about the percentage. Nothing there. Was there anything else that you asked about? Uh, no, I just just want to make sure I understood the clients. Uh, and then, do we do we manufacture in northern Mexico as well? Yes. Okay. Great. Uh, no, I'll, if you don't mind, I'd love to take a second to kind of frame my thought, and then I'll get back to you. Sounds great to me. One of the challenges candidates face when trying to prep for case interviews is using old cases that are from case books that everyone has been using since 1995. If you're interested in up-to-date cases with real-time solutions that include level one, level two, and level three answers, and over 500 of them, you can check it out at managementconsulted.com. In addition, for a free taster, we have every month a free case of the month. So make sure that you log on, grab that, and get started today. Okay, great. So I, I have my, uh, I have a, the way I'm thinking about this case. Uh, so there's, there's four distinct buckets that I wanna look into. The first being the plastic bottle market for our uh, for bubble bottles. The second being the current financials uh, for bubble bottles. The third being the qualitative aspects of bubble bottles. And then the fourth being uh, the goal of our client and how they can drive their return on investment. So within the first bucket, the plastic bottle market, I would like to know more about how this market is fragmented. So how are competitors in this market looking like and what is the competitive landscape? 
Second, I would like to look at bubble bottles market share in the plastic bottle market. And then any possible changes in the market. So have there been regulatory uh, changes? Have there just been um, an overall decline in profitability or revenue, uh, which would be important for uh, our clients to look at. Second is the financials of bubble bottles. So what is their revenue and cost breakdown? So we know that revenue is a function of quantity and price. Uh, so understanding, you know, kind of their unit economics. And then secondly, their costs. So, you know, a plastic bottle manufacturer, I'm assuming a high amount of their costs will be the raw materials associated with the plastic bottles. So understanding that breakdown and how, um, how you know, that factors into our decision, our client's decision. The next would be the company's qualitative aspect. So the brand, uh, how they stand with their distributors and their customers. Uh, and, it, and if those relationships are, you know, solid or if there's room for improvement there. And then also their suppliers. So looking at, uh, you know, who's supplying these, um, who's supplying their raw materials, which are important for their cost breakdown and uh, possible changes we can make there. And then lastly, the PE firm. So what is our client's capabilities? What are their current financial restraints or, uh, or possible, um, or possible management or capabilities as PE firm? So do they, have they purchased other plastic bottle manufacturers and do they have success in this arena? And then is there any synergies they can realize after purchasing this firm? So uh, is there any relationships that they have forged that they can, you know, help introduce their new client to, to make this a, an attractive investment opportunity? How, how does that sound um, in terms of attacking this case? Well, it sounds like a pretty good list. Where do you want to go first? I think uh, since we are worried about, or we're interested in the market dynamics, I think the most interesting part would be looking at the current competitive landscape that um, that are that the bubble bottles is up against because we do know they're the second largest manufacturer. So maybe understanding the other competitors there. Okay, um, I like that, and I think that there's a lot to think about here. Um, so. I've got some data on just a few things um, inside the market, but I think that what we're gonna have to do first is look at the market itself. How would you think about the market itself for what this client is selling? Yeah, so they, they, sell, they sell a commodity, right? At the end of the day. Not exactly, um, because it's, it's not gonna be exactly the same. They are value adding on a commodity. Okay. They are manufacturing to a specific design. So Fiji has a different design than Dasani has, right? So they're, because there are different designs, there is some value that they're adding in the process. Okay, got it. So, and, and your question is how would I think about just the overall competitive landscape? I would, yeah, basically like what, what are some of the factors about the overall, not the competitive, but just the market in general for what they sell that you'd wanna think about here? Mm. Great, do, do you mind if I take a second? Actually, just tell me what you're thinking. Mm. Okay. So the first thing I'm thinking is that marketing will play a big role here. Like when I go into a gas station and buy a bottle of water, uh, you know, very rarely is one company going to offer a different taste or differentiation. So 
most of the times I'm just picking a brand that I identify with. And then within that is also quantity sold. So some companies are gonna be selling very high quantity of water uh, for cheaper prices, whereas a company like Fiji is gonna be selling um, selling less units, but for higher prices there. And then also within that is just the relationships these distributors have with retail, uh, retail uh, partners. So the more distribution channels they have, like if I'm in supermarkets throughout the United States, then I will most likely, uh, you know, have higher sales than of another company who, you know, is just within uh, liquor stores in the United States, if that makes sense. Yep. So just to re recap though, we're not any of those brands, we're selling to the brands. We make the bottles. So we take the raw plastic and we make the bottles for the brands. So it does, does the same thing hold true when you think about the market? Definitely not. I would say that for just the raw bottles, it, it really comes down to our unit cost of manufacturing, I would say, and also our relationships with those distributors. Uh, the better relationships we have, the more, uh, the more bottled water we're gonna be able to sell to them. Sounds good. Well, we want to size the market. Okay. How would we do that? You don't have to come up with the numbers. I do have numbers for you, but tell me how you would actually do the sizing. Okay, great. And this is for Latin America, United States and Canada? Yeah. Okay. Western hemisphere. Got it. So the first way I would go about it, uh, most likely is taking the population. Okay. And then, and again, you don't have to do any numbers. I've got data for you, but just tell me how you would structure it. Okay, so I take the population, and then going off of the population, I would think about the amount of consumption. Okay. At each uh, that people are going to consume in water bottles. Okay. And so, since not everyone is going to be drinking water as their beverage of choice. Uh, that could be a little fragmented, but I'm assuming a lot of people are still going to be drinking enough water. So maybe maybe doing a um, usage amount of bottles per person. Okay. And then once finding the amount of bottles per person, I can multiply that by uh, amount of bottles per person, maybe uh, per day, and then okay. multiply that by the amount of days in a year. Sounds good. And then once I have that, I can multiply it by price. Um, average price per bottle to get the total market size for the year. Okay, that sounds good. So, um, and again, we're this is a little bit weird because we're not sizing the end use, we're sizing the market for these bottles. So our price is gonna be our price that we're selling them to the actual branders for, right? Um, and so um, I do have some data for you that kind of ties into that. Um, I've got, um, we have 80 liters per capita per year are consumed in bottled water in the U.S. annually. Okay. The average size of a bottle is uh, 0.25 liters. The Latin American population multiplier is two. And then LATAM has an economic discount of one third. And I'll explain those two really quickly. So the population multiplier is the size of the Latin population versus the US, so we can get the total population. And then the economic discount is that not everyone buys as many water bottles in Latin America as they do in the US. Okay. 
Great. Do you mind if I recap that first? Yeah, second? absolutely. So the 80 liters per capita per year is that per capita would be the population for an area? So um, per capita is per head. Yeah, per person. So, and, and basically the per capita number is like, what you said was you want population and the amount of consumption per person per day per year. But of course there's fluctuations in that. So that just gives us the average over the total population without having to figure out the percentage to them. Okay, that makes sense. And then, so we know that water bottles is 0.25 liters. And then should we assume a population for the United States of 300 million? 320 would be good. 320 million, great. And is that for all of North America? Um, just for the U.S. Okay. Great. And then the one third is uh, is the amount of bottles for just. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I missed the one third. Yeah, the one third is the economic. We call it the economic discount. So it's basically like because many of the Latin American markets have different purchase patterns and are also at a different development level than the U.S., only about a third of the number of bottles are consumed in Latin America per capita versus the U.S. Okay, so it's fair to assume then the 80 liters per capita uh, is for the U.S.? Correct, yeah. Okay, great. Do you mind if I tell you something to organize this and then I'll come back and walk you Sounds through? Sounds good. I just want to make sure you got all the data. Just, re just make sure you got all of it really quickly for me. Okay. 80 liters per capita per year in the United States. Yep. And then we have 0.25 liters mm -hmm. for uh, per bottle. Mm -hmm. On average. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And then 320 million people in the United States. Okay. Multiply, and then for Latin America, we'll multiply that by two to mm -hmm. get the Latin American population. Yep. And then we know the economic discount in Latin America is one third. So out of those 80 liters, per capita in the United States, it's gonna be one third of that for Latin America. Great, I don't think you have to organize it, just talk me through it now. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is first, I need to find out 80, I, I would first wanna do 80 times uh, one third. Okay. So I find out that capita per year per, uh, for Latin America. Sounds good. So is it fair to assume um, 20, 24 or 23 liters per capita? Okay. Um, um, the, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm, about one third. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 20, 24 is okay. <laughs> is it 24? What's a third of 80? Uh, a third of 80 is 23.3. I, I think that's 30%. It's like, like almost 30, 30%. It's a little higher. Mm. Okay, so like 24. <laughs> yeah, it's like 26, about 26. 26, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, it is 26. Uh, so 26 liters per capita there. Okay. Okay, great. And then I will have to find out how many bottles now okay. per year. So finding uh, 20.25 of 80 mm -hmm. for the United States. Just double check and make sure that that's what you want to do. We're trying to find, um, so we're trying to find per bottle 
Yeah, we're trying to find the total market value, total market size in, per bottle, correct? Yeah, we are. Um, but exactly. Um, but if you div if you multiply eighty times point two five, does that give us the number of bottles? Try it out and see see if it makes sense. I mean, I mean yeah. Sorry, I, I worded that wrong. I mean dividing. <laughs> okay, that makes sense now. Mm. Three hundred and twenty bottles per capita. Okay, sounds good. Mm. And then doing going through the same process for uh, for Latin America. It's basically all you can do is just multiply twenty six by four. Um, okay. Which is one hundred and four liters or bottles per capita. Okay. America. And should we be factoring Canada? Probably so. Mm. Okay. <laughs> do we have any uh, numbers on their population? Yeah, we do. Um, we there there are like uh, um, between thirty and thirty five million in Canada, but just for ease of calculation, we can assume thirty. Mm. Okay, thirty million. And then they're I'm assuming they're in the same liters per capita per year as the United States. That's reasonable. Canada is a little bit more environmentally friendly, but we can assume that it's close. Mm. Okay, they're filling up their uh, their jugs more. So. That's right. <laughs> so what I'm going to do here is a very similar process. I'm going to take that. Um, I'm going to take the 80 liters and then multiply that by uh, four. So I get 320 bottles per capita for Canada. Okay. So then now I have bottles per capita for the United States, Latin America, and Canada. Okay. And I will now multiply that by the total population numbers. Okay. And I'll have the bottles per per, uh, per year for each population. Okay, sounds good. So take 320 and multiply it by 320 million. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm gonna take a second to run through the numbers so I don't have to go through each one for you. <laughs> I really, I like it when you go through them. Yeah, you, uh. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. So that's because you don't want to. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so I will take, so I have 320 million. So I'm going to take out that million to the side and then make two more zeros. So I'm, I'm just going to do 32 times 32 to make it easier. Okay. Okay, great. So I need to add back zeros. So right here, I I believe it is going to be um, 102 trillion dollars or trillion bottles. Okay. It's, is it, what is it? What is the number that we're multiplying? Mm. We're multiplying 320 million by 320. Okay. Else. Okay. And so, um, so just run me through the math. Let's just make sure it's right. Mm. Okay. So I have 300. So I have the 320 million. Okay. And so that's six zeros. Okay. Uh, and then I have my two zeros with 320, the 320s. Okay. So taking those two zeros out. Okay. Uh, 
now I'm going to multiply 32 by 32. Okay. Which gave me 1,024. Okay. Okay. Uh, so now I have 1K. And then I'm going to have to add back my million and zeros. Okay. Which is going to give me uh, a billion. So it's going to be 102 uh, billion. Wait, is it billion or is it billion or trillion? I believe it's a billion. <laughs> How many zeros do we have? A lot of zeros. That is definitely true. That that's one thing I know. But I know we have uh, six, eight. We have eleven zeros. Okay. I think um, I, so. So so, tell me what your answer is, and then if you want to, you can do one of the other ones and verify it. Okay, I'm gonna say, I mean, 102 trillion seems like a lot, especially if you're selling a bottle at a dollar, a bo like let's just say it was a dollar bottle. Uh huh. Larger than the GDPs of pretty much all those countries combined. Uh huh. <laughs> Country combined, so it's gonna be. Um, so I think I may have added a couple zeros in here personally. Just just bonus zeros. <laughs> zeros to Adam. Uh, so. <laughs> I think it's just gonna be so. So let's do let's do some of the other ones and let's see if we can get relative size. Maybe when it's a little bit easier. Mm. Okay. Great. Uh, so we have 102, 104 bottles per capita per year in Latin America, and we'll multiply that by six hundred and forty million. Okay. And I'm trying to think of an easier way to do this. I think I may. Maybe it may be easier for me to deal with the 40 million later in this uh, this example. Okay. Just use the 600, multiply it by 104. It's going to give me. Uh, 62,400, around 62,000. And then I still have to multiply the 40 million by 104, which will give me around uh, 400 million. Okay. So until I, I could just make that easier on myself, but it'll give me, give me around 400 million uh, bottles. Okay. So okay. Now, so you have you have millions there and and um bill and billions on the other side. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. Uh, so I mean, just taking it high level, like three hundred million times three hundred would be around nine hundred million. Uh, so then bumping it up a little bit, obviously, because you have uh, the the twenties on the end. I would say it's around one point two billion is what I was trying to go for there. Okay. So, so um, just give me a recap of where we are right now. Mm. Okay, so for the United States, we have 1.2 billion bottles sold. Okay. In Latin America, we have 400 million. Okay. And then for- So Canada, Latin America is a third of the size, but what about the population multiplier? Mm. What did you use as the population of Latin America? Mm. I used, I used uh, 640. Okay, I just wanted to mention. It's six, so it's 640 million around. And then for Canada, we have 30 million people times okay. 320 bottles. Okay. 
per capita. Can you think of a shortcut for that one? Yeah, so 300 times 30, or 300 million times 30 would give us around uh, 180 million. Okay. There. So instantly, my thought process here is that the United States market is larger than the Latin American and Canadian market combined. Okay. And the Latin American market is also pretty large, uh, but it seems like the economic the economic discount is really holding that market back. Um, so I, I do know the Latin American market is kind of growing uh, in their economic power as well. Okay, great. So do we have a um, total market size of water bottles? Yes, do we have pricing data by chance? We do, um, and I've got three segments of the market. So um, we've got large water bottles that are those kinds that you would see in offices, the big five gallon guys or larger, 10% um, of the market. And those, the price is 45 cents per bottle. Okay. For medium, uh, it's 20% of the market and the price of those is 25 cents per bottle. And for the small, it's 70% um, of the market and the price for those is 10%, 10 cents per bottle. Okay, great. And is it fair to assume these percentages are even, or they hold the same throughout the markets? Um, yeah, so um, I think that that's fair to assume, even though it wouldn't be perfect, but for the purposes of the case, yes. Okay, great. So my thought process here is adding up all the bottles. So you okay. get all bottles. So, I added 1.2 billion plus 640 million, which gave me 1.84 billion. And then I added 180 million to the 1.84. Okay. To give me uh, around 2.2 billion. Okay. Bottles uh, sold. And then the first thing I'm going to have to do here is multiply by the percentages of each segment, large, medium, and small. Okay. Get the total bottles sold in each. So for large, I have 220 million, 10% times 2.2 billion. Okay. For medium, I have 20% of 2.2 billion, which is going to be 440 million. Okay. And then I have 70% uh, in the small section, which will be the leftovers of, uh, of the 220 and 440 million. Which will give me uh, around 1.5 uh, billion. Is that fair? a fair estimate there? Um, 1.5 billion is that you said is the total number. Mm -hmm bottles for small, the small market. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, 1.5 billion in terms of bottles or revenue, sorry. Mm. Bottles, bottles. I still haven't calculated the price. Yeah, um, that seems reasonable. Mm. Okay. Sorry, you said 10%. Um, Billy, I, I need to just go back really quickly and make sure I got the numbers. So what did you say the total bottle number is? Mm. So the total bottle market for the whole market is 2.2 billion. 2.2 billion, I think it's bigger than that. Okay. I think I think it's bigger than that. So just sorry, because I, th I thought we said that we had 102 billion for the U.S. Okay, so okay, I, I must have uh, miscalculated that wrong. So 102 billion for the U.S. 
it, it was 640 million for Latin America? I think it was 64 billion. Okay. For Latin America. For there. Okay. And then it's uh, 18 billion for Canada. Um, I think that one, so I think that's like close to 10% of the US. So that seems off. Okay. So the 10 billion. I think that's a good proxy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. And then adding those up. Hundred and seventy six billion total bottles. Sounds good. Yeah, we can make it one eighty. Mm. Okay, one eighty. And then for the large bottles we have eighteen billion bottles. Uh medium we have thirty six billion. And the small we have uh the leftover of that, which I will quickly calculate. Okay. Writing your resume can be hard. What skills are worth including and which ones are better left off that sheet of paper? At managementconsultant.com, you can get two rounds of resume edits and make sure that your resume makes you look like an all-star. That gives us 126 billion bottles in the smaller uh, section. Okay. Uh, So now I have to multiply uh, 45 cents by 18 billion. Okay. At that uh, right size. So, I'm thinking about going about this is, uh, is if it were a uh, dollar a bottle, it would be 18 billion. But since uh, it's 45 cents, it's about half that. So, I'm going to say that um, if you don't mind me rounding to about 8 billion. Total market size. Sounds good. Large market. And then for the medium, since it's multiplied by 0.25 of 36 billion, it's about a quarter of that market. Or a quarter. uh, I would would divide uh, 36 billion by four to get 9 billion. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying. And then since the small market is only 10 cents a bottle, then. I will take ten uh, percent of 126 billion would be the total market for uh, hundred for the small bottle market. So that is uh, 12.6 billion. Okay. And I just want to double check. Do the large market for me one more time, because I'm um, relatively I have a little bit of a different answer. So I just want to make sure that we're on the right page there. Okay, great. So um, I have 18 billion bottle sold. Okay. And 45 cents a bottle. And so I did rounding. So I, I said that 18 billion times 50 cents would be 9 billion. Okay. 18 billion times 40 cents, uh, would be around, uh, around 7.5 billion. Okay. So I figured that 8 billion would be a fair market size. There we go. That's good. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. All right, so I've got some other data for you. Um, and um, I'm gonna give you a little context for this. So um, Bubble Bottles is the second largest player in the market. There's one more player with twice the revenues, one with a third of the revenues, and the rest of the market is fragmented. And Bubble Bottle serves the water bottle market only. 
So competitors serve other segments besides water bottles. Now, Bubble Bottles has expertise in design as well as manufacturing. They don't do, as I mentioned before, direct distribution to retail customers and have never built their own brand. So if I told you that there, um, I've got profit margins for each of the segments, which you did ask for before the kind of cost per units, and the number of accounts. I'm interested in identifying um, whether you think that any one of the three segments, the large, medium, and the small, is the largest opportunity for growth, All right? So the profit margin for the large is 35%. The profit margin for medium is 25%. And the profit margin for small is 15%. The number of total accounts, we've got 15 large, 40 medium, and 225 small. We've got two, um, we have two accounts with the large. So that's the total number of accounts that exist in the market. The, the next number is our um, account. So we have two large accounts, 18 medium accounts, and 125 small accounts. Um, and then in the each of those segments, we have 1 billion, 2 billion, and 3 billion in revenue, respectively, in each of the markets. Okay, great. And uh, I just have a few questions off of that. Yeah. Uh, with So the 1 billion, 2 billion, 3 billion, that goes from large to medium to small? That's right. Mm. Okay. And then the original, you, you mentioned the competitor market share early, right away. I, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so I didn't get their, I didn't say their market share. I just had the, um, I, I just said that we have um, one player with twice the revenues, one with a third of the revenues, and then the rest of the market is fragmented. So out of the three of those, Billy, which one should we focus our growth efforts on? Yeah, so my initial thoughts here are that is that the large market we only do one billion of revenue and we only have two of the 15 accounts so there could be room for growth there it seems like the small market we've really exhausted at this point <laughs> we we have more than more than half of the accounts in there as well and the profit margins aren't as lucrative in that one uh and the medium could also be a good option, but again, profit margins aren't there and we're almost half of the market uh, share as well. And do we know where our competitors sit within these segments? We don't, I don't have data on that yet. Okay, okay, great. Uh, no, this makes this makes a lot of sense. Um, what would you do in the large segment in particular? Like what, are, what our strategy uh, mm -hmm. forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the number one thing would be to find out how we can um, how we can take more accounts because there's 13 that's uh, that are waiting there, and we we only have two at this point. Okay. Awesome. Great. Well, our clients ready for a final answer. So, what do you think about this market? Should we consider the purchase? Should we keep going? Should we cut it off? What do you think we should do at this point? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I uh, don't have a abundant amount of information, but if, if you don't mind, can I take a second and then present that second? No, no seconds. Just dive right in. Okay, great. So if our client is interested in uh, purchasing this water bottle water manufacturer, I would say it seems like an interesting investment. Uh, and this is mainly due to the fact that there's a lot of room 
for growth in the large uh, in the large water bottle market, mm-hmm. and profit margins are very high, where we have already exhausted our potential growth in the smaller and medium markets by having half of the accounts there. So some uh, some risks associated with this is the fact that the two largest accounts of our clients, uh, there's not much room for growth there. So that could hold us back in the long term, especially with only a four-year horizon. Uh, gaining that those additional counts in the large segments uh, could be an issue when we're trying to reach an IRR most likely of 20%. And then uh, lastly, some next steps would be to you know, start auditing those relationships with the larger bottle manufacturers and seeing if there's uh, potential value we can add to take over their current manufacturing um, capabilities. And then also uh, possibly embark on a marketing camp or not a marketing campaign, but a uh, um, figure out how we can manufacture the large bottles uh, and figure out if we're going to need to add factories or we can do it within our current factory space. Sounds good to me. All right, Jolly. Thank you. Okay, you can relax. <laughs> How's the sweating going? Awful. <laughs> so much sweating. <laughs> um, I, so I, I have a lot of positive things to say about it. Obviously, the math is is not going to be one of those, but we're we'll get to that when we're talking through the case. Um, but not that you necessarily did anything particularly wrong. I just think it's really easy to clean up what you did wrong. Um, and so it, it was the same things that kept getting you stuck. And so that's the good news is that I think it's a really fixable question. So first of all, you are so nice. You were smiling, acting delighted as you were going through the case, even when I was pushing back on you in the math. And I really, I saw that not just in your demeanor, but also in your language. And I want to compliment you on that. Um, the opening of the case, you had a really great positive start. You confirmed, um, because I actually think as I was reading out the case, I might have started by saying our client is um, this, you know, um, is a bubble bottle um, and then you were like, oh, wait, hold on, is the client bubble bottle or is it the private equity firm? And you said, I think the client's a private equity firm. So that was just great clarification. That's exactly what you're supposed to do at the beginning. Um, and sometimes even your interviewers forget where the heck they are. So well done on that. Um, the one thing that you kind of missed in the background that you didn't recap, that you didn't catch, and I don't know if you meant to recap it or you didn't catch it and you didn't know to recap it, was the segment piece. So I gave you those segments right at the very beginning that there were three types of products, the small, the medium, and the large. And that's a hint from your interviewer that they're usually trying to give you insight right away into a key to the case. If they're gonna give you client segments or if they're gonna give you product segments. Um, And so, you know, just kind of keeping it funky uh, right from the very beginning by focusing in on what you think those hints are, I think would have been helpful. Um, Your question about the PE firm's targets, totally within realm. I liked it better when you said at the end that their target's probably 20% IRR or higher. Um, And so if you, if you would have just said like, can I assume that that's what we're looking at, you know, or is there some other specific target? I would have probably liked it even more at the beginning of the case. Um, You um, also just did a great job on timing. So your whole first part of the case was well-paced, not rushing, but also pretty good. So you opened the case in three minutes, including your clarifying questions. Um, And then 
Um, yeah, three minutes and 45 seconds. So my guidance is under four. So well done. And then your structuring time was a minute and 44 seconds, which is also pretty good. And I thought your structure was pretty comprehensive. You did a better job. This is pretty typical, but just pay attention to it. You did a better job of keeping it numbered and clear at the beginning. So your four categories and then your first four buckets. And then after that, it started to go paragraphy on me. So keep that kind of very rigorous, right? Number one and number two. So I had three things in the first category. Check, check how I did. Two things in the second category, three in the third category, and three in the fourth category. How to do on that? Was that what you got had in your paper? Okay. So um, the one thing in your structure that I'm going to push back on that I was like, oh, he's cheating, um, your qualitative bucket. I was like, come on. Um, there is no such thing as a qualitative bucket in consulting. Um, and here, I just wanted to uh, invite you to get an idea of how you would measure those things. So for brand, I would measure brand awareness, or I'd measure likely likelihood to recommend, or the NPS score. Um, for strong relationships, I would look at the percentage churn of both suppliers and of customers. Um, for suppliers, I would look at the number of supplier accounts per item. Um, usually some sense of consolidation is good for negotiation, but some too much consolidation is bad because then they get leverage over you. And so um, again, there were, I think everything that you mentioned, I was like, there are metrics to calculate those. And so I wouldn't cop out, especially if you go into an MBV interview by saying like there's a qualitative bucket. I would just say, I would have called that something like um, relationship equity or something like that. And then talked about how you would have measured those things. Okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to say like company, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> great. So name it something different, but but measure them, make them measurable and really focus on that. Um, then um, your readout of the structure was too long. It was over three minutes and I was starting to get a little like uh, just feeling like it wasn't as punchy as it could have been. So I would just try to accelerate your pace a little bit and take out just a bit of the explanation per each point so that it's not quite as dramatic there. Um, you want to get that down to two minutes. And so uh, after the case, it'd be worth it to rewrite your structure and repractice talking through that. At that point in the case, you had my heart. It was like, I think I think he's going to get this, right? He's he's going to get the offer for sure, right? And, um, and so um, then when we went into the math, um, the first, my first question around the market was a little tricky and I asked it because I wasn't sure if you understood what we did. And so I think that could have been maybe a good background clarifying question. Wait, are, do we sell water bottles to consumers? Do we manufacture water bottles to somebody else? So when you were, when you kind of like, you know, said the whole, like, we're a commodity thing, I was like, oh, like, you know, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if we actually know what the business model is there. So I, I threw that question in there. It only took you two and a half minutes though, to get back on track. And so that was good. And then in the math, um, you know, you, you said like, what's the unit cost of manufacturing? Just to really narrowly focus it, right? Our number one job as a PE firm is top line growth. Even though historically, like, you know, profit growth would have been one of the things. If we have no top line growth, we can't sell it on. And so number one focus is always going to be top line growth. And so getting to size of the market, where we can grow in the market, what segments we can grow in, I thought could have been a better strategic focus for you there. Um, and then when we went into the math, so your first math was just off by the three zero. So I wanted to tell you how I did it um, so that you could just track with that because um, number one, uh, you, you were you weren't paying attention to a lot of the shortcuts that I gave you. And that was, I think, one of the key issues. So one of the ways you can figure out shortcuts is by reflecting on math afterwards. So I just thought it would be good to go through these, right? So the 80 liters per capita multiplied by the 0.25, I probably could have let you do that and figure that out. I don't know if you would have divided by it or multiplied it by it, but um, but yeah, we get 320. We get the 
um, LATAM population multiplier, and then you, you added Canada in. When you added Canada in and found out that it was the same as the US, I wouldn't have kept it separate anymore. I would have added it in to the US calculation so you can slim down the calculations to two, and then your number would have been 350. And then you can really easily do times 100, times three, and then times like, you know, an additional half of one of those hundreds, right? So it just makes it a lot easier if you can keep your numbers simpler. And then um, the um, then the, when it comes to the like millions and billions, so we have drills on the website. You can actually, we have a free set of them. And then we also have the paid drills inside the, um, the market, um, mental the mental math course um but basically that's what those are there for is to test those exact questions but i would have just recommended instead of asking for time talk through it because when you talked through it you got it right later and then you kind of kept second guessing yourself back and forth and so um my my one big picture takeaway from the whole case is don't take time don't take time. Um, get comfortable talking through your thought process because I think you're going to get better accuracy, clearer focus, more shortcuts. Um, also, you didn't have to multiply the population by two and then divide it by three. You could have just taken the whole number by two thirds and that would have been a lot easier as well. Right. So just like, again, if you're talking through it, I think you're going to catch more of those things as you're laying it out rather than trying to do it quietly. Um, your uh, large, medium, and small numbers were right. And so thank you for going through that again. I felt like I kind of blew wind out of your sales again. Um, I actually, in my answer key, had a different number. And so when you ran me back through it, I was like, oh yeah, he's right, not me. So that was why I had to go through that one. And so you were polite and, and did a great job with that. So when you did the weighting of the market size, um, you did a good job of actually splitting it up separately. Um, if you needed the total market size, you could have just done the weighting by each one of the prices. But but the fact that you did it as an aggregate was helpful for the next step, right? Because we were able to identify it. And then finally, when we went into the last step, I thought you had a really clear eye for what you thought was the highest value, right? Highest profit, big um, margins. You didn't go very deep into it. So Billy, you could have gone a little deeper, right? Is it easy if there's only 13 accounts up for grabs is that easy to get you know we're probably going to have a lot of stiff competition in there we also have right now the lowest percentage market share inside that market so yes it is good for growth but it also might be kind of risky um i liked that you picked one and that you defended it though and i loved that about about you as well um and so honestly like when it came down to it i and then your your um conclusion was awesome you were you had like full steam ahead you had all of the pieces right the recap and the next steps and the clear recommendation and i liked it i thought that overall you um you regained a lot of that kind of equity from the middle of the case so i think if you hadn't asked me for time three times inside the case and i hadn't felt like you kept wanting to like slide off into obscurity <laughs> um and then if you you, if we had just cleaned up that math a little faster, um, even making a mistake, but then cleaning it up faster, that would have been a little bit cleaner, simpler, and um, more direct inside the case. So um, anyhow, I hope that was a great learning experience for you. And I'm curious if you have questions for me before I open up to the broader group. Awesome. No, I mean, obviously struggled with the math, but uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I just like, I got that 102 trillion. Uh-huh. That it was, just... you were right, just the, the zeros were off. Um, yeah. And then I got the 640 million and then because I think I like recorrected too much. Yeah, exactly. And so you actually eliminated the millions and did the zeros. So like, it, let me just talk really specifically through that one calculation with you. 
um, so that we make sure that we've got that. Because I like I think that if you if that math had even gotten corrected one time instead of having to do it like three times, um, I would have I would have passed you along because I loved your clarity. I loved your structure. I loved your positivity. Um, I really felt like you could do the job. And so that one part was the only part that I was like, hmm, you know, right. I thought your insights were good. So if we can clean this up, that's that's awesome. Right. You know, because you're kind of fixing a big um, a big piece there. Um, so yeah, so 80 liters per capita per year, right? Average size of the bottle is 0.25. So I think that multiplying it to the 320 is a total fine way to go, right? And then we have 320 times 350. I would have added, like I said, Canada in. And um, um, and so the 320 times the 350, you know, you can pick one um, and I would have done the 320 times the 300. So 300, 320 million times times 100 would have been the first one that I would have done, right? So three, so adding one zero is 3.2 billion and adding two zeros is 32 billion, right? And then at times three, so that's 96 billion, and then times another half, right? Times another 50 of, um, of that. And so if you did it times the, times the 100, it was 32 billion, so that would just be times with with another 16 right billion mm. on top of it mm. how, how do you feel about someone who uh is so like once you get to a tougher calculation so like um that may take a second do you say hey can i take a second if it's just going to take five seconds i actually like it on virtual when you just talk me through the whole thing because then if you come back and you say like 112 trillion or whatever. I think your number was smaller than that because you just did US for the first one. But if you come back and say that and I'm like, you know, is it right or is it wrong? Like, it's possible that you were right. I actually went back and checked my math as you were doing it because because I, I was like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to, I'm going to assume that I'm wrong. I mean, I've done it 10 times, but maybe I'm wrong, you know? Um, and so, so, you know, if you have somebody going through it with you, then they can not only see what the issue is, but they can see like where the specific challenge is there. And so I do prefer talking through it. We've also just like, as the, as we've gathered data and as we've, I've done this, obviously I do this a lot. Um, but, um, we've seen that people are more accurate when they're talking through it rather than taking the time. So even though it feels like you're gathering yourself, you're often making a mistake without the knowledge of the interviewer and so it takes longer to come back around again. Yeah. So my preference is to talk through it directly. Great. Yeah. I mean, what's what's three seconds going to do for me anyway? Right. Exactly. I think if you take the time to structure it or to like rewrite it on your paper, that's fine. But um, but yeah, you're going to have more interviewers that are going to say what I said, which is no, talk me through it. And so I think just practice practicing like that so that you don't feel thrown off by it. Because every time you ask and I told you no, all right, that felt like it was kind of ru ruining a little bit of relationship equity that we had already built in other parts of the case. Okay. Good. Anything else? Yeah, one more question for you. Yeah. When you, when you asked, uh, like the, the first question, right, you were go you went, um, you know, how would we think about the market? Like just yeah. like, kind of like the business model overall. Kinda. <laughs> I, what I what I was um, trying to get you to there was the calculation. So I was trying to get you to ask for the data to calculate the market size. Um, and in a BCG or a PwC case, if the direction that you're going isn't as specific as the direction that I was going, because you said, I'd like to look at the market and competitors, you kind of like listed off a whole bunch of things. So um, I, if you could have nailed down earlier, like I, I want to see the size of the market first. 
Then I want to see the breakdown of the competitive landscape. And then I want to see this. So the first thing I want to look is the size of the market. Then it would have been easier for me to say, great, how would you size the market? Here's the data that I would gather. You said a couple of those things, and then I was able to give you the data. So I was trying to accelerate you through the case at that point. So be very specific, even even if it may be the wrong thing, just you know, tell them what you want. Exactly, because you're you kind of say, I, you know, I want to look at the market specifically. I'd be interested in the market size. Then if they ask you a follow up question like that, they're trying to point you to maybe a different metric or a different thing that you're thinking about. Because you said you want to look at market share, and I was thinking, okay, I've got market size here, and then I had that second piece of data, so I didn't want to give you all the share information without having size of the market, because then it, the context might have been missing. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks so much for listening to this live case with Billy Oxley. As we walk through the PwC case, I hope that you followed along. And if in the future you'd like an opportunity to try a case live with us, please reach out team at managementconsulted.com to be considered. In addition, if you loved this podcast, please, won't you like it, review it, and also make sure that you share it with friends. And finally, if you have a great idea for future podcasts, or if you just want to reach out to us with ideas for ways that we can build content or suggestions on how we might be able to help you personally, find us at managementconsulted.com.